Hi, my name is Sean Chaler. That is my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek, who sometimes likes to do his own introductions, and other times he does not, and that's fine. That's Chris Ford, nope. a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter semi-fame, growing more semi-famous by the minute. You know what, this, this, this episode, this worldwide pandemic episode has maybe maybe had a positive impact on, on the YouTubes in general, I think. Like, it's not like they're just flocking to your channel specifically, but I think it's done some positives for the YouTube channel, hasn't it? Oh, well, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Oh, my, uh, my, who is, who did Suko marry video? That's kind of taken off. I feel like it took off before, like, all the quarantining. Uh, and I, I think that could have been attracting some people there. But, I mean, I guess free time doesn't hurt. Although I've been making less videos lately, just because my I don't have as much free time. I say that, but I had a whole four weeks of free time. But um, I just wasn't, I guess, I'm just a little busy. I mean, if yeah. you're homeschooling a child, like, your creative juices, I, I don't have children, I've never tried to homeschool them. I imagine that's going to take some of the creative juices <laughs> out in a different way than, like, let's be honest, we both work office jobs. You get home, you want to do something a little spicier. Uh, but you, if you're sitting all day at home teaching a kid, maybe it's, maybe it's funny because it's funny because in my previous job I get like I get a 15 minute break in the morning and then a 30 minute break for lunch and then a 15 minute break in the afternoon, and so I really have nothing to do besides just surf the internet and eat in my lunch break, and so I felt very creative in that time. <laughs> I would write a lot of scripts to videos at that time or do a lot of editing. Um, is now I don't, I don't have that. It's funny how much, how, how that like combined hour and 10 minutes of just freedom felt like more freedom than a whole day off at work, taking care of two kids. That's it's the power of children. I said that yeah. like, I know, I don't know, but I think, I think there's a big enough sample kids size are great, out though. there. Anyone who's thinking about having kids, Anyone, yeah, who's, go. anyone who's thinking about kids, have kids. Kids are great. I love my kids. You know, they, they probably have annoyed me more in this, in this uh, time. Well, because you're, you're stuck with it. You know, Heather and I had an interesting talk about, like, there is probably a large group of people that are ready for this to be done just because, like, if you have a lot of kids and you, you can love them all, and that's great. But <sighs> if they are in school and in structured activities... And then you are as well, and you're separated. When you get home, and you're all happy to be together, even when they're pains in the butt. It's like now you just, when you're locked in with any number of kids for a long time, it is probably a really strange experience to be like, I just want you all to leave, all of you, just go away <laughs> for some amount of time. So don't, don't base your future child rearing decisions on this four to whatever number of weeks. Don't don't base it on that. This is a bad sample right here <laughs> you don't have to be around your kids all the time all the time but um hey that's real deep thoughts to open up the episode which is only funny because it's not a deep episode it is the ember island players <laughs> it is book three it's it's not it's very shallow very superficial episode book three fire episode 17 is the last episode uh before the finale is technically a three-part finale. Am I thinking about this right? Four-part finale. Four-part finale. Thank you. Um, and so this last one before we get to the good stuff, so to speak. Uh, but before we get to that, we were going to pass some time 
Somebody asked a great Facebook question the other day that I thought was pretty funny. On Facebook, they framed it a little bit differently. We're talking about video games specifically, and somebody's like, hey, let's say that there's a worldwide shortage of, I don't know, toilet paper. And then you had to sell all the good stuff, all your favorite hobbies and things, everything behind me, everything behind you, uh, to afford toilet paper here for your, your family. What what's what's one or two things that you would keep anyway? And like I said, we were talking about video games, but you and my interests span beyond video games. And so I, I thought it was a fun question. Chris, if you had to sell all of your worldly goods uh, that were just hobby related to buy some toilet paper, what, what's a couple things you'd try to keep? Oh, you're gonna, well, you know, that's a pretty... Get it? Yeah, I mean, might as well walk around. It's a pretty interesting question. Um, you know, I have, a, I have a pretty vast collection of of things. Um, you know, I got I got things from... from a, Oh, man. I mean, that's a, that's a couple years worth of toilet paper you're sitting on, right? That's good stuff. I mean, honestly, all this stuff added up together probably equals maybe 10 grand or so i'm not sure it's um, a nice I get, I get where you're coming from in just terms of a nice round guess though i i get it yeah man i i really love these justice league statues here um because they're i just really love that cartoon and this is like a really great set this is like all eight or really seven of the main ones in the aquamans there uh yeah i'll probably keep that because that i'm gonna say three things i'll keep because that really, oh, I'm gonna go with five because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those, that's probably all the DC stuff I need is just those four statues, and now I'm counting them as one whole thing because it's one whole like collection. Um, hmm. Over here, I'll probably keep that statue of Ang because I, I really love it. Um, oh wait, yeah, I didn't anyway that statue of Ang. Really love it. And it, the, it the can, Republic can, City statue? Yeah. Okay. And they can embody both shows because that is um the show Legend of Korra. Um but it's uh but it's Aang. Um Okay, so that's two things. I feel like we're going that's... on a trip when your parents are like, Alright, you can bring three things <laughs> and you're like, yeah. but I wanna bring four things. Uh let's see. My that um does it count things that I made? I mean, those things are probably still worth. If you could, if you could sell it for money, I think you gotta count it. Yeah. If it's something um, that's, would, that's totally worthless, but you don't make worthless things. <laughs> I will keep my my static um, mosaic art glass mosaic art thing because that took me a long time to make, and I, and I really love it. So I haven't framed it yet um, because Hobby Lobby's not open, or Michael's wherever I'm going to get it framed at. Um, so I would keep that, but it's not hung up. And then I would keep um, this. I have this uh, this poster here that I created. It's a uh, called Black Superpower because a bunch of black superheroes. I just really love looking at this image every day. Uh, really powerful image for me because a lot of my favorite superheroes are in there. And so I'll probably just keep four things. Uh, you might see I'm missing my. You, you know, what, Chris, I'll let you count your two your two mosaics as a single gallery. It's like you keep, you're keeping your own art gallery. That's that's oh, okay. one th- that's one thing. Well, that means I can I can keep my uh, my avatar gallery as well. The avatar one I did. Yeah, that that fits in as well. So you got a three painting yeah, okay. uh, collection there that all goes together. You you need three that. Painting collection, Justice League statues, and. 
in that one statue of Aang. Solid. I was worried you weren't going to get into that question, but I'm glad you did. So I think my my answer keeps changing, like depending on who I'm talking to. But I think you'll appreciate, like, I think in Cell, my the Switch is honest to goodness probably in my top like two favorite consoles already. But it would obviously be fairly valuable at this point, especially since people are scalping them. So it's like, all right, financially, are they really? They people are scalping Switches and Switch games right now, and it's it's horrible, Chris Ford. It's horrible. Mm. It's embarrassing. Um, so, but my point is that I, it would be financially irresponsible, in the words of Gary Goldman, for me to not sell my Switch. So, all right, so I decided I would get rid of the Switch. I would keep the 3DS. I think that is my second most played like thing because I do play a lot of portable games. I like to play in bed, uh, road trips, things like that. I honestly play that. So, 3DS, and uh, if a game has to count as a separate thing. Uh, probably Dragon Quest Eight. So if we're counting those as two separate things, 3DS Dragon Quest Eight, and then I'm not counting my PC because that is not a hobby good. That is a need. We have to have the PC, so it gets to stay here. But related to that, I'm gonna keep the Elder Scrolls anthology. It's got all five of the Elder Scrolls games in it, and I really love four of those games. Um, so that's big to me. And then I gotta do like one. Let's say if I have to do like one non-gaming related thing, I have I have a very small collection of baseball and football and basketball cards, and there is one that has always been my favorite, and I've had it for a really long time, and I don't know who the player is. Uh, I think his name is like Fred Mary Anderson. It's from 1989, and what's important about this ball card is that John Taylor, the 49ers receiver, is in the background trying to tackle this guy. He apparently just picked off a pass and john taylor's belt is hanging out and the 49ers pants his belt hanging out little shading looks a lot like uh a lot like genitalia so they <laughs> so the card is rare because they caught it after like a couple prints and then they essentially painted it out and so i have one of each side by side and so it's really dumb <laughs> but when people come into my room i like i know it's really stupid but it is kind of valuable um not extremely valuable but kind of unique at least and then when people especially like card aficionados visit and i give them i'm like all right spot the difference and then they see it and they're like that looks horrible but anyway uh that's probably my, my favorite my never mind. my most valuable comic book which is probably my most valuable comic book is uh so DC had the, has, they still have this line of comics called DC Black Label, where it's like way more adult, way way more rated R, and 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 like their first one called Batman Damned, Bruce Wayne like he's in the Batcave who just sheds, because he he's just tired, he just sheds like the cowl off, sheds the suit off, he's just like naked, and he walks somewhere, but you see the outline of of his junk, <laughs> and. The thing is, I don't know why people made an uproar about this because, like, it's called, it's not, it's adult for a reason. I mean, and also you don't really see anything, but they're like, all right, well, in our second printing, we're not going to do that. And so I had the first printing, and it's, like, worth, like, I don't know, $80 or something. Some which I bought it for is seven Well, something. now I feel better about my weird thing, at least. I realize I, I said four <laughs> things, but yeah, those are the four things. If you make me get rid of one of those things... 
probably the probably the Elder Scrolls anthology if I could only keep three. Yeah. But I don't know, it's a lot of I mean, fun. I would like. probably gladly sell all my comics. I'm not that connected to them, I guess. I'm the same way. I would as Ooh, I would like to assume. Comics, you know, we're getting kind of mushy in this episode. I would assume that at some point I will have children, and if things change or whatever, it's like I, I like the stuff. Like probably ninety nine percent of it I could get rid of, and really I don't. I don't think I'd lose any sleep over it. A couple of those things I said. A couple other things. I'd have a hard time getting rid of the Switch unless I had to, though. We fight over the Switch like children in my house. Like small children. My wife and I. We'd love it. Get a Switch. But not right now. Prices are too high. Wait till I come back down. Uh, that was my that was my intro text for this week's episode. Uh, just felt like asking that. No particular reason. Chris, any final thoughts? Are you ready to move on to the episode? Notes? Updates? Anything uh... else you care to share? Nope. It's kind of an abrupt episode entrance, but it's also kind of an abrupt episode, so that's appropriate in its own right. This episode is is something else. The Ember Island Players. So the gang has arrived in... I don't know, does this town have a name? I forget. Ember Island? Is that the name of the town, too? So they. That's the name of the island. The whole island. I don't think it feels like they would have a... Uh, a municipality name it's fine and what it amounts to in this episode is it's like the real quick recap it's the gimmick to give us the real quick recap of the story thus far and that is the reason this episode exists and it tries to do a little subplot in there that is iffy um but i think some of it works yeah some of it works some of it doesn't um Chris, i think the Okay, yeah, so you're, it's it's a very straightforward episode. It is. Honestly. Go ahead and take us through it. I'm ready. Let's um, do this. Okay, but first first of all, I want to mention the cast. The cast of this episode is is really great. Honestly, this might be the best voice cast assembled in the episode. Uh, so you have you know you have the normal voice actors for Avatar, which are all really great, and then. On the people playing the characters, um, you have, uh, let's see, Gray DeLisle Griffin. Oh, also, one to note, Gray DeLisle Griffin, the voice of Azula, also voiced Katara's mother, Kaya, in the previous episode. I forgot to mention that. Nice. Which is pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> which is funny, because she plays the actress who, who plays Katara. No kidding. Yeah. Solid. And... Tara Strong. I hope you know who Tara Strong is. Now I've top my head. Oh gosh, that's disappointing, Sean. Um, I am a Tara Strong. Is like, she's a pretty famous voice actress. She voices Harley for the most part. Like if Harley Quinn has ever voiced in most things, it's mostly Tara Strong. Okay. Except for in the most recent animated show, which is voiced by Kaylee Cook. I was literally. She does just, a really good job. I was actually just going to ask that because I constantly, constantly get ads. For that on, I want to say Hulu. It's a great show, Sean. You would like it. Uh, like I mean, it. it looks fine. I, I don't know. Right now, they I just keep hearing that one joke over and over about Batman not uh, or having hair on his chest, having shaved his chest. I'm like, yeah, that's my kind of humor. <laughs> just you would, you would like it. There's a, it's so funny. <laughs> it's one of the funniest shows I think I've watched in a while. But I have your so, DC universe. I can I can go. Yeah. Yeah, check out. They're pretty quick. They're all they're like twenty two minute episodes. But there's one where the Riddler and the Joker is like arguing about something, and the Joker's like, "Do you know where your stick is?" 
with all these riddles, you're the most indirect asshole there is. <laughs> it's just like, for me, it's just like funny. That sounds then, like kind of humor. I found they seen, like the if, Legion. If I'm turned off, it's just because I've seen a billion. I watch tons of YouTube and quite a bit of Hulu, and I think it both of them running running ads for it. But no, it's it's great. I don't I don't think you would. Uh, anyway, so Tara Strong is in this. She voices Azula. Um, I can't think of anything else. Oh, I think Tara Tara Strong voices Jimmy Neutron. No, not Jimmy Neutron. Timmy Turner. I think she voices Timmy that. Turner. You know, I can hear the voice. I believe that ninety nine percent. I can I can hear that voice comparison. I mean, Tara Strong. She's she's kind of like a legend in, in voice acting. Now I'm probably looking up her. Legendary her... like Tress McNeil, whose name I will now remember. <laughs> Tress McNeil, yeah, she's also yeah. I mean, she's up there with Tress McNeil definitely. So Tara Strong has voice. Not that it's all that important, but yeah, she did voice um, Jimmy. Not Jimmy. Oh, I keep confusing those two. Um, Timmy Turner and Fairly Odd Parents, Raven and Teen Titans, oh, and like nice. so many other things uh, but mostly i think she's probably most famous for vo- for voicing harley quinn and like the arkham games uh, she has voices bad girl every now and then but uh okay but other people in there um scott Mc- scott McNivell, um he's not that big but he voices robin and teen titans and he's the voice of Osaka. Derek bosco which i'm pretty sure is related to dante bosco there's a voice actor for Zuko, for the actors, for the actors and the Rowling players. And then John DiMaggio, which I'm, you know who John DiMaggio is. I have to is. think, it, uh, is this who I told Bender? And... Yes, Bender. And he voices the Joker in The Red Hood. There we go. And okay. Batman Under the Red Hood, which for some reason I let my daughter watch the other night. Chris, this is a terrible <laughs> one to let your daughter watch the other night or nights I, for several I years. I at least told her to close her eyes in certain parts. This. <laughs> Okay, that's very... I mean, that's a pretty graphic death scene to... Wow, I don't know, man. And I told her to close her eyes in those... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I don't know. I, think, I can't I can't I think about first... myself like... It's PG-13. It's... Yeah, she's... And she's seven. almost half that age. Oh, okay, she's seven. <laughs> And so if you're with an adult, that doubles the age of stuff you can watch. That's the rule. Exactly. That's how the math works out. I think, I'm trying to think of like my first, uh, like sort of graphic thing like that. And I'm having a hard time. I'll say like maybe Jaws. Like I have really early memories of watching Jaws. And then you're like, all right, there's still some gruesome stuff happening in there. I know it looks bad because it's Jaws, but I don't know. Yeah. uh, DiMaggio. Uh, nah, John DiMaggio voices hey, voices Toph of the Embraden players. Yes, she does. He uh, does. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, voice, great voice. voices, quote unquote. Great. <laughs> Screams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that part. Um, anyway, so they're Sokka and Suki goes into town. They find there's an Ember Island play, and, and it's informed by like all these random people they name, and also one cabbage. One surprisingly knowledgeable cabbage mer- merchant of cabbage. Giving away all the secrets. Which, which even more so why he's a terrible person and character. And Let the man tell oh, his yeah. story, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So they go to this play just for fun because it's goofy shenanigans. <laughs> and it's, uh, I do like how everyone team has getting along. Like, Katara brings out drinks for Zuko and Aang because they're firebending. Anyway, they go to this play, inspired by their life. And pretty much all everyone in Team Avatar hates how they're depicted in it. Aang is played by a girl. Um, wait, who plays Aang in the thing? I'm curious on that. The Aang girl is like stupid, chipper, and fighting. Oh, I remember now. Okay. And, okay, go ahead. I forget where she's from, but oh, she's from SNL. Ah, I forget. I can't really describe you to her. Anyway, she was like in the Will Ferrell era. Um, Anyway, the yeah, Katara's like way too overly bashly about just crying you know, all the time, hope and crying and stuff all the time. Zuko is even more emo and angry. Um, Although his Sokka isn't is horribly like, far off. Let's be honest, his is pretty close. No, it's a, it's not. It's not. Uh, um. <laughs> Sokka's is is like even worse. He's jokes. dumber. Dumber, yeah, yeah, definitely not the strategic mastermind. Yeah. And then Toss so, is a large man who, yeah, and she loves it instead of well, yeah, I mean, she can't see that it's ugly, but you know, uh, who what is it? instead of the seismic sense, it, they say it's, it's like a, she has like a supersonic, yeah, something or other. <laughs> like, she can scream and feel the vibrations of people. Something like um, that. Oh, it's great. It's like it's so yeah. close. There's like the seeds ah. of truth in there. Yeah. Which is interesting enough to me. So this is like Fire Nation propaganda. propaganda. Um, but they don't necessarily paint Avatar in like a bad light. No, it like seems that's the That's the protagonist. Yeah. yeah, right? Like that's the protagonist of of the play, but it ends with the Fire Nation winning. Um, I mean, I, I, if I was a playwriter, I would have changed it up some, right? I would have at least been like, hey, he's trying to, I don't know. You would have propaganded against, it up a little bit. He's against bit, freedom, right? Yeah, like, uh, he hates progress, you know? Or yeah, something like, something like that. You, I, don't, I wasn't alive, during World War Two era, but I hear that propaganda was much easier back then without, you know, the internet to be informative and prove people wrong. But yeah, I'd have given it some like or did World the, War or did the internet or make, something. I feel like the internet made propaganda easier. It's weird because it, it it made bad propaganda easier to produce, but then like easier to dispel, but still, I mean, it's, it's, I think, it's like a weird, it, it, it's, it extremified it. On both ends. To me, it's like a it's like a bell curve, right? Now we're talking. It's like you have yeah. this, you have these ends here where it just really worked well. Mm-hmm. And like everyone else is like, well, I can, I can just look up information. See if this is legitimate. <laughs> oh no, good guy. Yeah, okay, never mind. <laughs> um, you just do a quick Google. Hitler yeah. killed how many people? Okay, yeah, I'm out. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Could be that easy, you know. Um, yeah, and so there's so there's a so they all hate how they're depicted in it. Um, there's a sub stories going on of there's Aang and Katara's relationships depicted as a very uh, sister brother relationship, and Aang 
absolutely hates that. Um, there's one moment where uh, Zuko and Katara and the Imperialian players they like kiss or they they mention like, "Oh, Aang's just a brother to me," but he won't find out about this, and that makes Aang mad. And Aang like confronts Katara. I want to say confront because he goes out and. He just wants, he's done with the play at that during, point. During the intermission or what have you. Yeah, during the second intermission, I think. And he's really dumb <laughs> right here. Which. We which just had a bad guitar episode. We need a bad Aang episode. That's fine. Yeah. Which again, no one talks about how dumb Cora. I mean, no one forgives Cora for being dumb at times. But to me, everyone can be dumb time from time. Um. And Aang is like twelve or thirteen at this point. He can he can he can be dumb. Um but to me this is like more dumb. It's like, hey, did you really mean that in there? Like Katara's like, What are you what are you talking about? <laughs> and there, the the she's you said he, this is why I think he's dumb. It's like you said that I'm just like a brother to you. He's like, Aang, this is just a play. Well, we kissed at the invasion and I thought you would be in my core. I forget exactly what he says, but it's mostly to that effect. It's, like, it's oh, he says, I thought we would be together. And, and childish, and you're just like, Aang, come on. Like, if there's ever. Yeah. This is the biggest piece of Zutara, like, foundation that you could have. It is. is. It honestly is. Like this right I, I do see a lot of Zutara fans. Like, Aang was really pushy in this moment. Um, I mean, he was 12, pushy. so you forgive it, but, you know, he's being a little douchebag right yeah. now. <laughs> And then, you know, Katara gives him a pretty good answer. It's like, I don't know, Aang. Like, I just need time. You know, I'm kind of confused. I just need time. You know, we're fighting a war here. And then he kisses her. And then, you know, she's like, I just told you I need time. Mm. And, if, and like, that's, yeah. Come on, Aang. Can't just be kissing girls unwarranted. Not this. Be, be assaulting people right now, Aang. God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's pretty it's pretty cringy and they do and I mean it's supposed to feel that way, right? Yeah. Um <laughs> and then on the other side of it, which I think it's so I think all that I don't really like any of that. That might be more of a preference thing. I mean also mm, I don't think it really helps the plot all that much either. So yeah, I don't like that. Don't think that's good. Um on to Zuko's side of it. When Zuko sees this, he sees like his whole past coming back to confront him. And so I think that's interesting stuff, right? Because he, you know, Zuko in the island says, like, Iroh, you're stupid and you're ugly and whatever. And and he has this really good talk with Toph. And Toph is like, don't worry, your uncle's proud of you. Like, he talked to me and all he wanted was you to find your way. And you have, you're with us. And I love that one between Toph and, and Zuko. It's a really good, heartfelt moment. I think it helps Zuko feel a lot better about everything. So really like that moment. I think it helps that it comes if if there's like an impartial party, it's probably tough if there is yeah, such a thing point. like towards Zuko. And so it's almost like his unbiased thing. Like, you know, this random third party person talked with my uncle and I, I don't think it would have felt as good coming from anybody else. Like Aang, you're like, well, of course, Aang's going to tell him nice things and, and, and Sokka would say something stupid and I don't know, maybe it means something coming from Katara now, but I think the fact that it comes from Toph is oddly meaningful as an unbiased yeah. party. Yeah. Um, other little side note, Sokka is loving the play, even though he, he doesn't like how he's being depicted a lot, but he's, I think he's still fairly fine with it, uh, but he feels like he can make some improvements. 
and he gets Suki to sneak him in. I love how Snooki's like, I'm a trained warrior, trained in stealth for in the art of stealth for years. I think it for some reason it forms the character even more of Suki that she is like a BA, like she she really is like an assassin compared to all the rest of them. She's probably the most assassin like of them all. And she's gonna use these powers for, for <laughs> punnery. Yeah. Um which I, I love the, the Suki and Saga relationship here. Because to me, they seem... Throughout the whole show, I think they're the best relationship because they're uh, the most even. They're the most ones that have give and take. Um, there's no... You know, they, they had to work through a couple of struggles, but it's it's to me, it's the most like realistic, healthy relationship. They seem to have a nice balance, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have Suki who can beat him up completely, but Saga's still respects her and he still and she still respects Sokka they have a very mutual bond and, and love for each other um, so I really like seeing seeing them together seeing a really good couple in, it's got in the staying show power. we're three we're three seasons in now and they're still together other than one yeah. little uh, you know one little water tribe hiccup from from Sokka started seeing other women who became the moon don't want to say yeah. it's, don't want to say it's karma but you know <laughs> No, um, power, are there sure. any are there any other moments that um that stick out? I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of small funny moments throughout the whole play. There there's are a whole and... like there's a whole like jet die thing and and, and Zuko, I guess Zuko wasn't there. Which is really interesting to see how people who weren't involved in certain situations look at it. because um, Zuko's like, Did Jet just die? And it's funny because like how do they know how do they know that Zuko knows Jet? <laughs> like, there, um, there are, and they do. I don't want to short them because they appeal a lot to me. Like, it's my kind of comedy, and then even the visual presentation of it, they do. They like kind of have some fun with the stage play aspects yeah. of how they present it. So, uh, you know, I don't want to sit here and go through every detail, despite the fact that it does all appeal to me quite a lot aesthetically. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's chipper, it's good-natured. I think one of the funniest parts, just to wrap it up all in a nutshell, is when Sokka gets backstage to that actor and feeds him feeds him a pun and starts feeding some advice. And that kind of... I don't know, that's probably the funniest moment to me is how that actor reacts to him and, like, asks him how he knows this stuff or something like that. And uh, So that little backstage scene's really funny, but... You know, it's 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 pretty lighthearted, and that's probably all we need to say is for, about the play itself, uh, other than what we've already said. And yeah, you mentioned the, the the like the stage stuff, stage props. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to see a play like this in, yeah, in person, absolutely. like like Cirque du Soleil type of deal. Um, that would be really cool. I would like I, I imagine like a Lion King, but with Avatar, that would be really fun to watch. I would see that before seeing hamilton maybe not oh no I, w- I would see it before i would see it before seeing hamilton definitely uh you know what it made me think of is that you might recall that zootopia is one of my favorite favorite uh i guess animated movies um and i love the little stage play that that <laughs> puts on at the beginning with like she's got the blood yeah. streamers and stuff going out and there's it's <laughs> yeah. like that same kind of like kind of goofy corny but still funny stage accurate feeling uh and they i don't know i I really like the 
I'm giving it away here, but the, the audio visuals there are kind of fun. Uh, random note: I've been I binge watched this anime on Netflix called Beast Stars, and it's like Zootopia, but if it was more real, I guess. <laughs> um, it's not funny at all. It's a, I mean, it's an anime. Like this person gets killed by a carnivore. And, like this wolf is he's he's has struggled dealing with his temptation to like eat this bunny. Wait, is she a bunny? Yeah, she's a bunny. But he's also he turns out to be like really attracted to her, and he thinks he might be in love, but he's not sure if he's infatuated with her because he wants to eat her or because he's in love with her. Um, <laughs> which he's, I mean, he's a good person. Like he's, he's like a quiet, like he just can't help that in him that he, he has this, this he's, urge to want to eat. He's, uh, he's know. hungry and that's food. I get it. Yeah. But you know, he's, he's actually a really good person. I think that's, he's like this tall, um, yeah, he's one of those people that you would describe as like he's he's much taller than his stature, I guess would would uh, presume him to be, and like he he tries to do things to to uh, to not feel menacing. Like one one day he looks in the mirror, he's like, "Holy crap, I grew another four inches. Uh, I really need to stop growing," because he he doesn't want to feel even more intimidating to like really small creatures. Oh. What does he do? That's what a, does he do? It's an, interesting, it's an he... interesting anime. I benched it in like two days. It's like there's like twelve episodes. What was it called? East Stars, like East beast Star. or beast stars, beast stars, something beast, like that. Beast stars, beast stars sounds yeah. like it makes sense. I haven't heard of it. I have to check it out. And also, I'll probably have to rewatch Zootopia because that show, that movie is criminally forgotten. Criminally forgotten. It's not even that old, and it's great. I don't know how people yeah. don't love it more, but whatever. Different story, different day. Uh, but okay, so the so um, everything ends. Um, the play goes to the future, where um, they have to fight them, which I think is a pretty cool foreshadowing to what's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. this, well, at this with, point, uh, you kind of forget that it's not sort of strictly a comedy, and then the intermission in a number of ways kind of draws a line and again gets gets a little dark i suppose with the foreshadowing here but then you remember oh yeah this isn't a comedy like they think that uh, that the fire lord's gonna kill the avatar it's kind of a big deal (laughs) yeah right and you see that whole like it's a a great stage production right all those flames come up it's like fire lords like we did it and all the fire nation crowd claps and that gives like an ominous feeling to team avatar and then they leave and then they're like, nah, that plate was crap. Yeah, it was crap. And Saga was like, well, at least the effects were good. And a lot of people think that was Mike and Brian um, uh, dig at the live action show. But I'm pretty sure they wrote this before. Yeah, they had to. Because Book 2 book two DVD has a special feature with M. Night on it. Uh, <laughs> and... And they, I mean, they would have been already probably writing the episode. And also, Avatar ended in, like, 2008. The last Airbender came out in 2010. So even though early on, early on, I don't think Mike and Brian hated the the concept of the movie. They seemed kind of excited. And then after a while, in development, they realized that they weren't being as involved. 
Um, but I think even at that point, they're like, yeah, whatever, we'll support it. Like, we'll support it in the sense of, like, we won't talk down it, but we, we're, we're trying to be kind of removed from it. Um, <laughs> and so I don't think they would have been trying to insert digs at that movie with with an episode in season three. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that's fun to interpret, but... You know, I don't know. I don't. I try not to overrun it. It could just be Sokka being goofy, like not realizing the whole weight. I just saw what they just saw. Like, yeah. Either way. Either way. Which the effects were good. They were. I was impressed, and I wasn't even there in real life. I was a third party. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the better parts of this episode, in my opinion, is the sort of secondhand (laughs) stage effects. I loved it. Um, it's also worth noting that Toph thought her character was represented uh, beautifully. <laughs> beautifully, she's a big fan. Oh, that is funny. This I just can't, I can't get the the supersonic out of my head. It's like it's so close, like it, the the seed of truth in there, and just but not quite, but not quite. Um, but the ending is very sobering because uh, so that you know they walk out and they're all kind of down on the play and on the message that it sent. And then, but then it's very sobering because it's just a reminder of like, hey, you, uh, hearkening back to the previous episode of Aang, do you know what you're going to do when you see Ozai yet? Or because if not, he's going to kill you. And this is a healthy (laughs) reminder of that right here is that everyone wants that to happen in the Fire Nation. (laughs) (laughs) I just, everybody else is thinking about it, Aang. Yeah. Uh, on to scores. Unless you have anything else. No, I'm trying to remember how else it wraps up, or if they just leave and in that. They just leave. Sokka's, that's that episode. Sokka's yeah. last note, and that's just kind of it. Um. Yeah. No. I guess that's all I got. I'm just trying to think if anything else happens. If it just kind of goes out on a on a sigh. I guess it does. I don't recall. Mm-hmm. Ratings. All right. Uh, seven and a half for audio visual. This was a little bit lower, but then I realized the the great voice cast that this episode uh, came up with and they all do a fairly good good job uh, story it gets a sits out of 10 there's really this is the most inconsequential episode there probably could be i do love the stuff with with zuko and toff and then the other stuff is a uh, way way more cringy that i don't think really supports the story doesn't much. do much now or later didn't come back either. Yeah. yeah i guess in a way it kind of comes back in a commentary for the end of book for the end of the series at the very finale of it um where katara does kiss uh ang you know uh, i think brian says like and you see katara is the one now initiating this kiss because she is like like accepting her feelings and everything she brings a relationship forward without ang progressing it um that's the but it's still that's still not necessary it's still that would have, i would have gotten that sense without this episode yeah we didn't need that tug yeah uh memorable gets a nine and a half memorable this is a very memorable episode it and that. it gets a nine and a half mostly because i think this is the best recap episode of any show i've ever seen like most recap episodes are are they're lazy, right? And they're lazy for a reason because like oh we don't only have, only have so much production money. Let's do a recap episode, right? And most shows you're just like oh this is a recap episode. I don't have to watch this. I'll just skip it. 
I blame like, I blame no. Friends. I, I'm sure it was done before Friends, but I blame Friends for like starting that trend of like, hey, in this episode we're just gonna use clips from a whole lot of other episodes, and we're just gonna pin them <laughs> together, and it's gonna be fine. And then other TV shows, there's probably like a more egregious example yeah. before that that I'm just not aware of. But that's the first one that I can think of. Was like this episode is crap. Why are people watching this? <laughs> I think Community did a pretty good one. I think their recap episode was, they shot it as if it was a recap episode, but it was all new footage. Community has a couple of episodes, even that while they're not always even meant to be recap episodes, but even later seasons, where they do things that like harken back to previous episodes and previous seasons, but from different perspectives and stuff like that. And you're like, yeah, that's a really great way to bring that back. And like, oh yeah, they kicked yeah. all those kids out of the library for multiple years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, first three seasons of Community might be, might be my favorite television. And I know I'm on that's the wrong great. podcast to say that, but. Maybe the second favorite television. Second favorite television. Oh, sorry. Waiting on a total here. 7.1. Oh, 7.1 7. out of 10. Yeah, well, your memorable really helped that out. That could have been bad. Could have been bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, it could have been... Well, it was honest. That's what's important. Audio visuals I really liked, and mostly things that... I didn't even think about the voice acting. I just generally liked the way that they set it up, and it was visually entertaining to watch. Story 8. In hindsight, probably way too high, uh, but I liked the, uh, again, I kind of liked the way, probably too much credit to the way that they told the story and the way that they gave the recap, quite frankly. Mm. In hindsight, okay. I should have thought about that differently, uh, but, it, you know, it's fine. And the memorable, it's really memorable episode. Everybody knows this episode, not everybody likes it. I actually do like it quite a bit. It's not one of those that I would necessarily, like, recommend. It's not a great picture of Avatar overall, um, but it fits the bill for exactly what we need right here in this moment at this point in the series. It's fine. Um, eight and a half. I think the 7.8 score, we were accurately divisive. That probably represents the community at large. Uh, good episode for humor. Not a great episode for deep feelings or anything like that. That's about all there is to it. The Ember Island players. There's... <laughs> There is, I keep wanting to call him Joe DiMaggio, but it's John. John, yeah. Joe's the baseball player, John's the actor. Got it. <laughs> I really wish that they had had the Boulder, like a Boulder reference in there somewhere, but it's fine. Um, just like two days ago, my younger brother was babysitting our nephew, and he sent pictures because the nephew wanted to play with wrestlers. And he was playing with Cactus Jack. Like, we had a Cactus Jack and a dude love, and they were fighting each other. <laughs> and I was laughing, because I was like, oh, that's the same person. It's both the boulder, you dummy. But I didn't tell him that, because he's like six. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to call a six-year-old child a dummy. That's terrible. But I don't want to do that. No. Whatever. It's not my kid. <laughs> I just saw him playing with those. I was like, oh, that's the boulder. <laughs> anyway, this is the Ember Island Players. Uh, we are Avatar The Last Podcasters. I don't know if I have anything else to say other than that whatever we do for the finale will probably be different. I don't know what it is yet. We haven't really talked about it yet. We have a little bit of time to discuss. But whatever we do for the finale will be different. We'll make it big. We'll make it exciting somehow. We're thinking about it. We'll get back to you on that. Chris, final thoughts? 
Uh, none. None. Thank you all Excellent. for listening. Uh, give us any video ideas because we might be doing some. I know some people have shared some video ideas that uh, I'm going to share with you, Sean, and uh, I'm sure we'll oh, get to it. No, I like this wrap-up idea. Oh, I thought you were going to share them with me right now. You mean later. Okay, great. Oh, right later. now. You know, no, 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 not right now. Right You're now. Good point. Uh, yeah, Save we have... Uh, we could especially use some, like... I guess, like, one-off topic ideas would be welcome. That always, uh, Those are always fun and give us some flexibility to work with. So, yeah, happy to shoot the ideas. Uh, thoughts on the finale? What should we do there? All that stuff. It might be decided by the time this is actually up. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Obviously, getting close to something pretty monumental in podcast-relative terms, at least. And it's very exciting. Looking forward to it a lot. So, thank you very much, everybody. Have a great evening. We will talk to you later.